Welcome to My Beautiful Stories, our conversations about finding the magic in the mundane. Hello and welcome to the last episode of 2020, but not the last episode of Series 3. And because we are so close to Christmas, this episode is a little different. It's firstly a solo episode, simply because Pavo is providing childcare while I record it. But it's also different in its contents. But before we delve in, I wanted to offer an explanation of our silence in the podcast during the last month and a half. Our whole family caught COVID-19 in November. Fortunately, the girls had mild symptoms and were soon better, but it took the two of us longer to recover. We had to almost immediately stop all activities and just focus on our health. So I was very saddened to not be able to share the last stories that you sent, so quintessential to this year. But I am planning to continue to share them in 2021, and I will do that in a meaningful and appropriate way. I will also, in time, share our own story of 2020, which took an unexpected turn towards the end of the year. Catching this virus made me even more aware of the privilege I have, of just being alive and well, and I think it made us all in our family feel more grateful. And also, at the same time, my heart twisted into a very painful knot for everyone who has experienced much heavier circumstances this year, for everyone who has had to dwell in grief in some way, simply for everyone. So please accept this virtual embrace. Also, before I start this episode, I wanted to send you all our season's greetings However you choose to celebrate this month, we hope you experience joy and stay safe. And now for the episode. During the month of December, Nane, that's Nane's Jungle on Instagram, and I ran a hope project all on Instagram. It was so heartening to read everyone's contributions throughout the month. In preparation for it, in November, Nana and I wrote letters to each other, thus creating an exchange of feelings and intentions, all focusing on hope. And then fate had it that while we were writing these letters, I fell ill, and all at once the letters took a different turn and actually helped with my recovery. In the next few minutes, you will hear me narrating the letters in order. If you would like to hear the two of us reading each other's letters, head over to our Instagram accounts, which I will link in the show notes, and look for the Hope Project. I hope you enjoy this episode. November 23rd, London. Dear Nane, Here we are, approaching the edge of the year. I no longer spy geese on the morning sky. Only the dance of sparrows expertly picking at seeds left by the autumn before the crows move in. Every winter, sparrows and crows claim back their kingdom and rejoice in its austerity. I admire the sparrow's tireless zeal and wonder if I still possess similar enthusiasm myself. I have always been a little like these birds. Undefeated, a tad relentless maybe, but always enthusiastic, always hopeful. 
Yet now I wonder, after a year of difference, a year where my heart rose and fell and circled and dived low and shot up again, I wonder whether I have developed hope fatigue. And then I remember I am not alone. Yes, my heart felt heavier and my feelings frail. But this is how we have all felt. For months we experienced erratic joy, intermittent sadness. So I look at the sparrows and begin to imagine a dance of hope. A dance not on my own, but together. A circling, diving and rising of stories, thoughts and feelings that can restore us, make us feel whole again. The possibility of crossing the year hopeful and together. And this is how it all starts. With hope, where hope only reluctantly made an appearance. So I turn to you, Nane. You are so expertly connected to the wonder of the world, ever so expertly connected to its suffering also. Tell me, where can we find this hope? Is there a way to dig even deeper inside ourselves in order to retrieve it, to bring it back? Or is hope somewhere else? Something more, equally intangible and universal. Is to feel hopeful, to trust in the possible, is it the expectation of a fulfillment higher than ourselves? And in the same breath that I write this to you, I wonder, how long since we have allowed ourselves to thoroughly indulge in hope? How long since we have travelled on the wings of possibility rather than fact? Hopefully, Alex. Marshlands, November 26, 2020 Dear Alex, since reading your letter I can't let go of the image of undefeated, lively and hopeful sparrows weaving patterns in a late autumn sky. I haven't seen a single one this autumn which struck after reading your words. The little robin hopping around, the great titan jay, an occasional woodpecker and crows. Yes, and they dance but not as elegant and purposeful as sparrows do. And then I imagine you spreading your wings to join long bows of endearing patterns. I can see you perched against the birch trees with my little frolic-feathered friends, writing dreams between the clouds. You do bring hope, oh yes, or at least you make it more tangible in the enthralling musings you bring about. I never thought of hope as something to find. Like many things in life, what we need is closer to us than we usually imagine. Beauty, silence, slowness, simplicity and, yes, hope. Nevertheless, we seem to be able to feel deprived of it. Then what is hope? Is that which we want to cling to so tightly that we may just suffocate its essence ever ours? What would it mean for hope to be universal? Is hope to me what it is to you? Or is it in fact good, or dare I even utter, at times deceiving? Or maybe we shouldn't grant it value at all. To me, hope has always been a glance, a moment in which I dare to look beyond the shadows that I've been nurturing and find possibility. It is always there. If ever I feel I lost it, it's rather because I fell short in looking. Does it make hope intrinsically mine, or in fact not at all? I don't know. 
but the consequences in either way feel almost too grand to face. Is this turning hope into facts? I believe so. Then how can we ever surrender to it? With love, Nane. November 28th, London. To Nane. A glance. The world is shrouded in soft mist this morning, as are my thoughts. I am not entirely certain what day of the week it is, but somewhere in this fog a week has gone. Your letter was a glance into what could be, once the veil lifted. A ray of sun, its possibility colouring my morning, a compress on my feverish head, a hot water bottle on cold feet. I have become acutely aware once again that there are times when we can feel hopeless in a completely different meaning of the word. Not unwilling, only too weak to hope. Perhaps it's our bodies fighting an illness, or it could be our souls battling grief or our minds fighting something just as profound. A glance. We receive a glance, a sign from somewhere afar, from a reality we momentarily do not remember, and that can be enough to keep us hanging onto that shimmering ray of light. A letter about hope. A surprise package. On the top layer, a necessary bowl of pasta. And then when I lifted the bowl, hiding underneath was a big box of homemade cookies. It reminded me of Pandora's box, holding on to what is truly essential until last. Letters, presents, boxes, but altogether so much more. Signs that all would be well, encouraging my mind to play the end of the story, the happy end, and thus my mind thinking my body into action. Perhaps this is all we need. Signs, stories, wisps of possibility seeping through the door of our subconscious. Perhaps this is all we need if we are to think into being a promise of change. And now the mist has shifted. Trees stay painted grey, stray clouds float above them, but they are pink rather than white. With love, Alex. Marshlands, November 29th. Dear Alex, my mind has been reaching out to you these past days. I wish there was nearness to our thoughts and hearts, the possibility for friendship to be beyond pages. There's always this sentence, this hope expressed in concern of health and well-being. I hope for you. Can hope be a gift? There was a lady, a nun, in the boarding school I called home, who helped me out with Latin. She would not pass in the hallways without always secretively uttering the same sentence to me, as if between us we shared the key for truth. Mens sana in corpore sano. A healthy mind in a healthy body. It seems hopeful to believe this to be true, but the swiftness of this quote takes away the essence of being in body and mind. Health comforts and challenges, like day and night dancing in their intimate embrace. And like the sun connects dawn with twilight, our essence connects body and mind. It's a slippery slope of thoughts, maybe I should erase it. If it's hopeful to believe in the interaction of health between body and mind, is hope then existence? Is this another Pandora's box? I'm afraid I've numbed myself with my thoughts this evening. If hope is existence, is it essential to our being? And if we lack hope? One shouldn't finish that sentence, truly. 
With every word I write, the scent of rosemary and pine finds me. Unfinished wreaths and garlands cover the kitchen table, my laptop squeezed in between. Small pieces of rope hold together little treasures. That, what once was solitude, has become unity in multitude. Togetherness in a yearning of possibility. Dreams. You know what, Alex? I believe this table is covered in little hopes. With love, Nane. This is it from us. If you like the podcast, please rate, review or subscribe. Get involved in the conversation each week on my Instagram account at stories.